Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, what's going on? Nothing much. Nothing much. It's been um, quite a stressful week, Scotty. I don't know if you have felt it as well. Obviously, we are at a very um, tense moment in our country. So baseball, although sometimes it feels inappropriate to talk about, is a welcome distraction from what is going on across the country. However, uh, one thing that I felt was particularly wrong was um, Major League Baseball announcing the Gold Glove winners on election night. Did you did you realize that? Um, no, I was just too busy looking at what they were and being confused at what they were. Yeah, okay, so I was watching... I don't know why I was watching the election on Tuesday. I really thought that I was going to like get something out of it. Here we are. It's Thursday and we're still um, awaiting a few pretty, um, pretty important states to tally up their votes. But um, just really quick to go over who won the gold gloves, because I agree, Scotty, I am a little bit Confused. Um, in the American League, Griffin Canning of the Angels was the pitcher. Catcher was Roberto Perez of the Indians. Evan White of the Mariners at first. Cesar Hernandez at second base of the Indians. Isaiah Kinfer Falefa at third base for the Texas Rangers. J.P. Crawford for the Mariners at short. Alex Gordon of the Royals in left. Luis Robert of the White Sox in center field. And Joey Gallo of the Rangers in right field. Obviously, I think the biggest one that I am surprised about is Geo. That's um, all that I saw, too. That was, that was the biggest one that I really felt like he had it locked in. And him not winning it is, is imp- not, I don't even want to say impressive. It's frustrating. I, but also, I'm going to, like, I don't know how much of Isaiah Keener Falefa you saw. But I do know that I saw Geo on MLB Tonight or Sports Center for top plays pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of everybody in the infield, I think I trust him the most. I mean, listen, I trust DJ with my life, but I trust him the most um, to make the plays. So that was definitely, definitely shocking. So that was the American League Gold Gloves. The National League went to Max Fried on the mound, Tucker Barnhart of the Reds behind the dish, Anthony Rizzo at first, Colton Wong at second of the Cardinals, Nolan Arenado at third base, Javi Baez at short, Tyler O'Neill O'Neal, um, in left of the Cardinals, Trent Grisham in center field of the Padres, and Mookie Betts in right field. I feel like the National League one makes a lot more sense. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're all they're all names that you like Nolan Arenado, you know is absolutely fantastic at third base. Javi Baez, although he had an offensively down year, is defensively practically perfect. You know, um Mookie Betts in right field, like those are all names that make sense. Uh maybe yeah. I just wasn't paying attention to the rest of the American League close enough, but not many of those names I was like, Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it should go. Mm-hmm. Uh but obviously, the only one that I'd have to say is um, Luis uh, Robert for center. Yeah, um, yeah. 
because he's the one that was going and just stealing fly balls from everybody else. Yeah, and I mean, listen, maybe maybe the two of us were just too engrossed in watching Yankee baseball to really be able to notice these other players, but it was interesting um, in the sense that it wasn't what I was expecting. I also think that it was absolutely stupid for Major League Baseball to announce it on Tuesday, one of the tensest nights um, in America. Like, why would you not do it Monday? I'm sure you had the answers or hold it until we know what's going on in the country. I think that was a very stupid move on the organization's part. Um, Quick Yankee news, and then we'll jump right into this week, this week's topic. Um, We have extended Zach Britton which I'm, I'm pretty glad about. I like Britt. Um, he's, he's a good pitcher, good guy. Uh, hopefully it works out for us. I'll take his arm in the bullpen. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, as we've said. He's a, he's a good middle reliever. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a good option for us. Yeah. Um, Better I, than some other ones that we could. Yeah, play. I don't have this written down, but I do know that Tommy Canley – elected free agency of course we could sign him again in free agency he's not due to be able to pitch in 2021 because of tommy john but qualifying offers came out on sunday we gave a qualifying offer to dj thank god he has 10 days to accept or decline um which it's been sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday it's been five days we're halfway there there we're halfway there um that was that was just nice to see there was no club option for brett gardner or jay hap uh which yeah i'm not gonna say that i'm sad about i would say i'm pretty happy i saw some people on twitter saying maybe we give Gardy three million for a year i feel like that's just a waste why why do it he would we pay three million for him to know he's the fourth outfielder. It makes no sense, especially when like Clint Frazier was just up for a gold glove. You don't bench someone that was up for a gold glove. You just don't yeah. do that. So awaiting that DJ contract um, and hoping that uh, hoping it comes soon. I saw somebody throw out two years, twenty four million. I don't know. Like I've said before, coming up with contracts and how long we should sign people is not my strength. I'm trying to get better at it, but. Let's hop into this week in case you forget or didn't remember or whatever. Um, In the offseason, we are going to be breaking down each team in the league until we get to spring training next year, um, which I'm super excited about. This week, we are starting in the AL East. We are moving from north to south, which means we start up in Toronto with the Toronto slash Buffalo Blue Jays. Here we go. So they went 32 and 28 this year. They finished third in the AL East and they were swept by the Rays 2-0 in the wild card series of the playoffs. I think we're all familiar with that. That was pretty recent. Um, Their manager is Charlie Montoyo and I am going to hop us right into their starting nine. And then I have a 10th player who's like their first guy off the bench. Let's start with their catcher. Uh, We start off with Danny Jensen. He's 25 years old, played in 43 games, and his slash was a 183 batting average, 313 on base percentage, and 358 slugging percentage. At first base, you know him, you love him. He's 
I think a league favorite at this time is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's 21 years old, 60 games, 250 batting average, 375 OBP, and slugging 432. Scotty, thoughts? Oh, wait. I read the wrong line. (laughs) 262 batting average, 329 OBP, 462 slugging. Apparently, and I just saw this yesterday, he Mm -hmm. lost about 30 pounds over the offseason. He definitely looks like he's – so he he birthed onto the scene last season, the 2019 season. It was huge. I loved him. Um, He was 20 years old, which, like, I was writing these people's ages down, and I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) I am that old. Um, But – he popped onto the scene last year, and the guy, the guy's just got power. He's got a swing just like his father's. I think that's my favorite thing that I've ever seen is, like, the side-by-side of junior and senior swing. Mm-hmm. It is picture perfect. Um, he's got a lot of power, and he was really big 2019. Not really big. That sounds really mean. But, like, he was <laughs> larger in 2019. But I think that happens a lot. Um, like, these more – powerhouse guys always like they come onto the scene one size and they always end up slimming out um but he was just he was a huge name these next him and these next two I always group together their second baseman is Mr. Kevin Biggio 25 years old 59 starts batting 250 OBP 375 slugging 432 it took me a while to figure out that his name was Kevin, not Gavin, but now I cannot forget it. Like, I, it's just stuck in my head. <laughs> I mean. It's, it's an interesting I name. I want to know where it came from. That's a great question. Uh, next up, we have their shortstop, Mr. Bo Bichette. I don't – oh, he's 22. He played in 29 games this year uh, because he was suffering from a long hamstring injury um, right at, like, the beginning – of the year like it started started pretty early and it lasted a lot longer than I think they were planning on it Mm -hmm. but in those 29 games he hit 302 328 and slugged 512 uh which is which is pretty big um their third baseman is Travis Shaw 30 years old 50 games hit 239 306 411 left field this guy Lordris Goriel Jr. To me, he's a sleeper. I guess I'll talk about it now. Um, in my head, when I think of the Blue Jays, I think of the big three being Bobachette, Kevin Biggio, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. However, Mr. Goriel Jr. in left field, I think out-hit, outperformed all of them offensively. Um, he's 26 years old. He led the team with 64 hits in his 57 games. Hit 308, 348, and 534. He also had a good handful of stolen bases. Like this guy, I think is, I mean, obviously we didn't get a full season out of Bo Bichette, but I think this guy is a real, real player. Yeah, it's going to be big for them. I feel like their whole thing is kind of their younger yeah. age. I mean, as you just said, those big three, but I mean, all those, little, those little helpers that aren't that aren't there are going to really probably boost against most other teams I mean if you yeah. go you're going to focus big three and then you're just going to have him come up and he's like don't do forget about me well. 
Their center fielder, Randall Grichuk, is 28 years old, led the team with 12 home runs and 35 RBIs in 55 games, hit 273, 312, and 481. Their right fielder, Tiesco, Tiescar Hernandez, I don't know how to say it. I think it's that second one that I said. Is 27 years old, played in 50 games, hit 289, 340, 579. Their DH is Rowdy Telez at 25 years old, played in 35 games, 283, 346, and 540. And this was someone who I thought should have been included simply because he played more games than some of their starters, even though he was listed as like just a bench player. Um, so I called him. I know first man is a basketball term, but their first man off the bench is Joe Panic, 29 years old, 41 games, hit 225, 340, and 300. So the team slash across the season was a 255 batting average, which put them fourth in the American League, a 325 on base percentage, which put them sixth in the American League, and a 441 slugging percentage which put them fourth in the American League. Now, so I about the place about the place that they would be in the playoffs. Exactly. And I think I've talked about this before, but this team has so much potential. They're young and they're talented, and I think that having I don't know why I feel like this helps, but having so much major league baseball family involved, like the parents playing and then their kids all being on this in the same organization I think that's really going to help this team and I think that they are going to be a real competitor coming into the 2021 season I think we already struggled against them this year Um, we definitely did not play our best in Buffalo and I think that this is a team that we've got to look out for I mean for a while I always felt like they were not that big of a threat in the American League East Um, but things have all changed upside down since the Boston Red Sox figured they don't want to actually know how to play baseball anymore. (laughs) Um, The Rays know how to pitch. Like this team is going to put together runs and put a good game together. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. I feel like especially as time goes on, because all of these people know that they can be very, very good. Mm -hmm. And they all have shown that they can be very, very good. Yeah, and it's just if a year goes together where all of them work, then if Bobachette stays healthy for an entire season, not that he has had like an issue of staying healthy, but like, right? They came in third in the American League this year. year. He came in. He was doing so well last year. He like led. He had like the most extra base hits in his first like ten games as a rookie. Some some stat like that about extra Uh. base hits and rookies. Um, So. Could you imagine if he was healthy for 55 games instead of just 29 this year? Yeah, I mean, that would have helped him so much, especially with how how great of a hitter he was, at least last year. He, I mean, like, he, he hits he with went, power. If I'm correct, last year was his, it was last year's rookie year or was two years ago? Yeah, it was, year? I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was last year. All I remember is the game where it was them versus the Dodgers, and it's just Clayton mm-hmm. Kershaw going like, "Curveball!" Oh God, that's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bobachet is a really so to me. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is power, right? He is looking to hit it over the fence every single time, which I know this year in the beginning of the season was a bit problematic because him and Pete Alonso kind of were having the same struggle 
of mm-hmm. they just wanted to hit home runs. Yeah. And they had to switch their mindset to be like, hey, I should probably hit the ball first before I put it out of the park. But Bo Bichette is a pure hitter who also has power. Yes. Kind of reminds me a little bit of DJ, not the same. Um, a little more athletic. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more athletic, a little bit quicker, has some stolen bases. But, I mean, I really do think that Bo Bichette is a big rising star in this league. Obviously, Biggio, Guerrero, Goriel, like they're all – I think they're all going to be very, very, very good. And if they are able to keep them all within the same club, right, if they keep them on the Blue Jays mm-hmm. for a long period of time, that's going to make that – team that organization a tough competitor and I'm actually really excited to see where it goes I know a lot of people will probably be like oh you should hope that the American League sucks that the Yankees like win I want the Yankees to be good because they beat good teams there's no help in it's just like the freaking the league that the Giants are in the conference that the Giants are in there's no good team there so there's no winner there um the Yankees, if I want them to win the World Series, which I do, they need to be able to beat good teams in the American League so that they can go out and beat the Dodgers and beat the Padres, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do hope that the, the Blue Jays get better. I'll, be, I'll say it. I'll say it right now. I hope the Blue Jays get better. I hope that the American League becomes super competitive and the Yankees can wipe the floor with them if we would hurry up and signed DJ LeMahieu. I just had to slide it in there. I just had to slide it in. Um, so Scotty is now going to run us through. How many pitchers do you have? Uh, I just have four. Before we get into each pitcher, as a team, 4.6 ERA. They had a 250 to 519 walk to K ratio mm-hmm. with 81 home runs giving up in the season. Okay. Eh, it's okay. Eh. Nothing, nothing it's, amazing. It's just so, it's so hard to, because in my head, 81 seems like an, like just a number to notice. But then I'm like, it was a 60-game season. A 60 games, what does it mean? Yeah. It's just like hard to scale it, but keep going. So we'll start off their big name pitcher. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. <laughs> Hinjin Ryu, I think. I think it's that. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds close. 33-year-old. There's, he's their big name pitcher, and he yeah. deserves to be their big name pitcher. He is within the top 20 of every major stat except for one, and that was strikeouts. He's tied for 21st. Okay. So he had a 2.69 ERA, which was eighth in the league. Wow. And he had 17 walks through 72 strikeouts that's good yes he is so good for them he is their starter pitcher I mean I feel like people don't give him enough credit for what he does and I feel like it's just kind of a I feel like people know him I feel like mainly when he was on the Dodgers yeah and now they kind of like kind of threw him away a bit I was when I saw the news I think that was this summer or last summer. I don't know if he's in his first year or his second year of he's his contract. He's in his – he just finished his first year of his contract. Like, when I saw that the Blue Jays signed him and the Dodgers did not re-sign him, I was very surprised because, I mean, in L.A., I just knew him at – you know, they would go Kershaw, Ryu. That was a brutal mm-hmm. – right? Imagine they would have gone 
Kershaw, probably Bueller, Ryu this year, that would have been an even scarier pitching rotation than it already is. Um, so when the Blue Jays grabbed him, I was very surprised because I knew that – like I had seen his stuff and I was like, this guy, this guy's good. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a really, really big pickup for the Blue Jays. And obviously it paid off. He's doing very well. Um, so I'm excited. I think people were afraid that he was like old. Um, he's 33. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he will be pitching for a hot minute. Yeah. No, he is – and looking, I even looked at some of the other stats for these pitchers. He is bringing every single stat that can go yeah. up, up in every stat. And like ERA, it's going down. He helped them so much. His stats are so great this mm-hmm. year. Going into that, our next player, Jordan Romano. He is uh, another pitcher, another starting pitcher. He had a huge jump. So yeah. he's in his second year, and I'm just going to be throwing out a lot of um, two numbers. So his last year stats, his 2019 stats, his 2020 stats. Mm-hmm. Started off his ERA. Last year, he had a 7.63 ERA. This yes. year, he had a 1.23 ERA. Wow. He had wow. A, he has a, a 66% win. Mm-hmm. Always good to see that. Always great to see above yeah. 50. Um, in 2020, two earned runs. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. He went from nine walks in 2019 to uh, five walks this year. I think it was two two games, I think, was a difference, something like that. Um, he's a starting pitcher, and he only gave up five walks? I think so. I'm gonna, yes. How many games did he pitch? Yes, he's a starting pitcher. He went pitches? through 15 games this year. Wow. Is, is it, I want to make sure that I'm getting the right ones and not. Yeah, he had so many great stats. Yeah, eight hits. That's why do I not know this guy? Who? What does he look like? Jordan uh, Romano. I don't. I don't know how to describe what he looks like. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm looking him up. Oh, he looks like my seventh grade science teacher. Not it's funny lie. because this. I thought that this was the person that you wanted me to look at. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah, it makes sense. And then I'm like, wait, no, you didn't want to meet. You didn't want to meet I mean, like, first. so this guy made a huge jump between seasons. Yeah, his ready and then his on base percent is a uh, uh, opponent batting average mm-hmm. 274 to 159 or 154. Sorry. Wow. I mean, that gets you thinking, like, what were they, like, what was their approach in the offseason? Because that is night and day, two different pitchers. It is, yes, it is. Two huge pitchers, two two different pitchers. I can't imagine what the organization thought when they saw him just start going off. They're like, what yeah, the hell like last year, you're like, oh, you should quarantine all the time. Um, that is that's crazy. I would love to try to understand like what their approach was and like how they made those changes because those are drastic and those are huge. Yeah, and so that's good because I always thought Ryu would. I was like, I don't know what kind of pitching support he's gonna get, you know, if they have anybody beside him. But this guy, yeah, this, this guy, guy this put up a solid. This, this is gonna be huge for them. I think I don't know if he's actually a starter or a reliever. ESPN has him as a starter. I don't. I don't Honestly, know. at this point, I feel like, especially with the um, inclusion of openers, yeah. I don't even know how like how to 
like register people. Yeah. But and like I was gonna do like two starters, a reliever, and a closer. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to find who their closer is. Well, yeah, I feel like honestly, I'm I'm like divided. Like having the idea of like a true closer or having like two or three because like we've I think, faced the I, issue this year as the Yankees. Like yeah. you use Chapman on Monday. And then you're like, well, I need to close on Tuesday too. And you're like, okay, well, good thing we have Chad Green, but like, he's not your like titled closer. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's interesting to only have one of them when you can just have pitchers who are good at finishing games. I feel like a team with a closer, like you have to have a re- like one really good closer to have it. Yeah. Like Yankee, they have Chapman, makes sense to have a closer, something like that. But, like, if you are, like – If you just have an all-around, like, all-right bullpen, you don't need doesn't really matter. Yeah. Next person I wanted to get to, Tanner Rourke. He's 34. I looked through. He's been tossed around teams. He spent, <laughs> like, he spent, like, four years in Washington, a year in Oakland, a year in Baltimore, like, a year in Cincinnati. Like, he's all over the place. been tossed around so much. So, I want to make sure – he does have a two-year deal with the Blue Jays, so he just finished his first one. He's going into his second one, so this is a, a valid pitcher for them. I want to make sure of that. <laughs> he is part of the reason why uh, their ERA is a bit higher. <laughs> 36 earned runs through 47 innings with a 6.8 whoa. ERA. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, so he is somebody that, you know, you could always put up and say, hey, weird season, but there's only so much you can actually say for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it was it – was he was a tough pitcher for them. Like, you know, tough pitcher to put in. Can't always trust that. But um, I didn't have much on him really at all, but I feel like he's – That was just a note. That, yeah, he needs to improve a bit. You know, they're probably going to look for that. Now this I mean, person, if they just put him on the same program as – yeah. Jordan. Romano. Oh, you'll, you'll. Hmm. <laughs> so this is a person that you told me to, to, to look at. Mm-hmm. Nate Pearson. Yes. So he is their number one prospect. <laughs> oh, uh, you'll according hear that. To, according to, I was on MLB.com slash Blue Jays and then top prospects. Yeah. No, he is. He is very wild numbers that somewhat don't make sense. Six through he's played he's played he played five games last year. Mm-hmm. Six ERA. And eh, it's not great. But I mean through five games it's not terrible either. He had eighteen innings pitched. Uh-huh. Sixteen strikeouts. Very good. That that's almost yeah. a strikeout an inning, you know? Yeah. Taking out that way. Uh thirteen walks. Twelve I earned mean- runs. But wait. 209 opponent batting average. I, you have 12 earned runs, but only a 209 opponent batting average. So he gave up 12 home runs. <laughs> um, and those were the only hits he gave up. I feel like, I think it was big on the walks. It was just untimely walks, probably would have. Yeah, the timing of the walks. Uh, but yeah, they had him listed as their number one prospect because next I'm going to jump into their prospects. But I just thought. Since he had some major league time this year, you could take him. Um, I didn't read much about him, but I mean, you can factor in maybe the walks are from like 
going like you're nerves. in a new situation yeah it's, I mean, in, it, it doesn't even matter that you're in a stadium with nobody it's still it, it's still the biggest stage like you're if still you playing go, if you go baseball. up there and you are whatever he is like 20 i, don't even, I think he, he might be yeah. a little bit older than that but you go and you stand on the mound and you look and you see Albert Pujols in front of you. You are going oh, yeah. to cutter a bit. <laughs> I'm going to shit my pants. I cannot imagine being a pitcher and they're just like up to bat. Giancarlo Stanton. I don't care that the man hasn't hit the ball. He is massive. He could have a zero batting average, not even holding a fucking bat. And I'd be like, he's going to kill me. I'm, I'm going to die. But, um, yeah, so he was their top prospect this year. I think other than that last guy that you talked about, I think they've got a solid rotation. I mean, you also have to pair that with, right, they have this pretty solid rotation. They have an offense that's going to score runs. Again, like, they're a team that's going to compete. And mm-hmm. I think we've got to start taking the Blue Jays a little, a little, a little bit seriously. A little seriously. Yeah, um, I feel like all they need to do is – a few tweaks here or there. Tighten a few things up. On bullpen, but, like, nothing major. They're not, like, ah, rebuild time. Yeah, yeah. They are – they're not even rebuilding. They're just grabbing young talent, and they're like, yeah. guess what? They're ready to play right now, yes. and they're going to, um, which I think is great. I say get the old men out of here. <laughs> Goodbye, old white men. I'm going to dive into their farm system, give you their top – this is technically their top six prospects because Scotty took Nate Pearson, who's their number one prospect. So this is number two through six. Um, I'm just going to run through them pretty quick. So we start off with Austin Martin. He's a shortstop slash outfielder. He's 20, 20, 20 years old. He's 22 years old from Vanderbilt. I love Vanderbilt. Other boys from Vanderbilt, Dansby Swanson. Greatest uniforms in college baseball but uh he led the his 2019 stats obviously because of the 2020 series series the 2020 season was ended shortly but he led the ncaa in runs with 87 he was also the sec batting average and on base percentage leader with 392 and 486 respectively he is described as a pure hitter again Think like DJ LeMahieu, the guy just makes contact. Um, defensively, he has really great feet and hands, but his arm is a concern um, because they're not sure where he will live defensively. He played a little bit of second base, played a little bit of third base. Uh, in 2020, before we were unfortunately canceled, he was playing center. He was never able to lock up the shortstop job at Vanderbilt, but he was declared by Toronto – as a shortstop, but scouts right now are looking more towards second base. Obviously, I mean, that's either Bo Bichette or Kevin Biggio. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know how much of a chance. Interesting <laughs> grab, but it's whatever. Um, it's interesting because this next one, Jordan Groshans, is also a shortstop. He is 20 years old, which makes me feel like garbage because I too am 20 years old. Um, He was drafted out of Magnolia High School in Texas. Um, He was hitting 331 in the rookie Appalachian League. He has average power that that will, they think will develop as he continues to grow. He's uh, he's really tall. 
like stupid tall. So they're not locked into him sticking at short. They think he's a little slow for this spot. So a shift to third would be ideal. Um, little slow, little tall, little awkward. Um, but a power third baseman, if they and when they probably make the eventual shift. Um, these next two are pitchers. We're going to start with Simeon Woods Richardson, who is a right-handed pitcher. He's 20 years old, but he was drafted at 18 to the Mets, or 17, sorry, sorry, make yourself feel worse. He was drafted at 17 years old. Um, he was pitching well as an 18-year-old in Class A Columbia, and then he was traded to the Blue Jays in a package where they moved him to Class A Advanced Dundon. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. But um, his pitches his pitches sit in the low 90s. His four-seam reaches 95. Two-seamer is apparently brutal to righties. He has high control over his fastball. I think he will definitely um, increase his velocity as he himself continues to grow. I think that's the craziest part about baseball is that, like, they're drafting these kids, and they're like, yeah, he's still going to grow six more inches. <laughs> and I'm like, I stopped growing – four years before you drafted these guys but okay um on top of that he's got a really good top to bottom curveball in the high 70s slider in the low 80s and he keeps that low in the zone and he's got a killer fading changeup. they're looking to him to eventually become a number two or number three starter i say just bring i mean this guy's in in single a obviously nothing's gonna happen yeah. but like their, their aim is to eventually get him to a number two, number three starter. Um, next is Alex Manoa. He's a right-handed pitcher, 22 years old. He um, was actually recruited from the Cape Cod League. He goes to or went to currently West Virginia. Um, when he was playing in the Northwest League, he had an ERA of 256 and 27 strikeouts. He was uh, – playing a bit of a lighter season because he was still, you know, um, going to college. Uh, he is a power pitcher, six foot six, 260 pounds, not your, uh, traditional build of a pitcher, No, but they say that he sometimes lacks command and consistency, but has been steadily gaining it back. Um, his fastball sits at about 94, 97 with a sink. Slider is his reliable pitch and his final pitch is a solid changeup. That is interesting to me if he's looking to be a starter to only have a three-pitch rotation. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. You know, I think um, his bigger thing is just being this powerhouse on the mound. Yeah, there's a lot of – if he wants to be a starter, three pitches and his slider being his favorite pitch – not normally what you see from starters you can go yeah. who want to go six like seven innings <laughs> yeah it, it it definitely caught I was like this doesn't this doesn't seem right <laughs> um but we'll see he looked he looked like um I don't know I like I like when there are people who are not like the traditional right you think of a pitcher you think of a long lanky guy mm -hmm. obviously like that's for a reason like Chris Sale's a really good pitcher for a reason because he has no weight on him and he just has like this floppy ass Lame. arm Planes. but like i i do think it's very it's very fun to watch a pitcher who like doesn't fit that traditional mold um the final prospect did get a little bit of time this year alejandro kirk he is a catcher 
He's 21 years old. He was signed out of Mexico. He had starts this year due to injuries. Um, obviously, their catcher did not start every game, if you remember from earlier. So Kirk got some starts. Um, in Class A, advanced Dune Din. He hit 288, 395, and 446, four home runs, 25 doubles, and more walks than strikeouts in 71 games, which I find very important. Get yourself on base. I don't care if your batting average doesn't go up. Your on-base percentage does. Um, He's got raw power. Obviously, with that, he's got terrific plate discipline, which I think is the most important skill to have as Mm -hmm. a hitter. You have to be able to stay in your zone. Something that's why, that some Yankees don't do well. Ooh. <laughs> that's why I really like watching uh, G-Man Choi, mm-hmm. his at-bats. He's a power hitter, but he's so disciplined at the plate. Yeah. And he looks at so many at so many good pitches that are out of the zone. It's, it's, it's a tough skill to practice. It's really hard. I've been trying personally to get better at it. I think the last three years, and I think I've gotten a little bit better, but it's very, very hard because in your mind, you just want to hit the ball, but you have to remind yourself that just because it's a good strike for the pitcher doesn't mean that it's a good strike for you. And especially just because you have two strikes does not mean that if the catcher catches the ball, it's a strike. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I get screwed up. But um, last little bit about Kirk, he's five foot nine, 220 pounds. He's athletic to keep himself behind the plate. They think he's going to probably have to shed a few pounds to stay back there, which is probably assumed. But apparently he's pretty quick for his size. He blocks well. He's got a good arm. I mean, they have a good young team already on the field now, and I think they have some really solid prospects that are going to continue to make this organization a big threat. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are on, really playing through the farm system. Yeah. And it is working very well. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things in the league, obviously, is having a good farm system, having people that can back you up so that when your entire team gets injured, circa Yankees 2019, you have bodies that can do it. And I feel like it's also important for a team like the Blue Jays because yeah. they're not they're – not, a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers, you could just be like, ah, I need an outfielder. I'll just buy one Let me real just quick. just buy one. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Um, yeah, so kudos to Blue Jays' upper management, honestly, for being able to build this organization. Montoyo for managing a really good young team and keeping them on the ball. I just – I'm excited to see where this team goes. And call me a Yankee – Anti-Yankee fan, I don't care. I want the Yankees to beat good teams because then they're a good team. I mean, I want to know, do you think that they went and purposely got these three guys? Like, I want to know what, what went through their you head think they're, how they they're got. Like, you know what we need to do? We need to have this trio. They probably, um, they probably tried to get four. They probably tried to get Yastrzemski, too, who's on the Giants. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the power if all four of them were on the same team? That would have so been, I would have been like, I didn't, I didn't know that we were having a celebrity game today. <laughs> that would have been so crazy. But I, do you have anything else on the Blue Jays? Uh, no, not on the Blue Jays. No. I, uh, I do not. Do you have, do you have anything else to say? I wanted to say one more thing. 
Oh. Um, this is a different. This is different baseball. This was something I found on Instagram. It was a post, and it's about this 2021, like in high school. So he's graduating this year. Uh huh. Six three two twenty. That's disgusting. I'm barely six one one fifty. <laughs> um, it says he runs his fastball up to ninety six, but he's a better prospect in the outfield. What? Yeah. What is up with well, these massive these, outfielders? These numbers these not stop. So in the tournament that he was in, he um. It said he had two hits at the plate, five scoreless innings on the mound with 10 strikeouts. Wow. He struck out 10 kids out of 15. That's crazy. And That's... he's like, I'm being an outfielder. <laughs> That's disgusting. I hate that. Like, I think I hate that. <laughs> but it makes sense. He's a Vanderbilt commit. So. Oh yes, <laughs> Vanderbilt. Oh, I love Vanderbilt. Did I ever think about going to school there? They're, no, absolutely not. They're no, they're fun to. They're 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 such a good team. And oh my god, I'm forgetting what his name is. Their one pitcher is insane, Kumar Rocker. I'm gonna try to find his stats. Six four two fifty five. <laughs> the kid is jai freaking enormous. He's I think he's a junior now be correct uh-huh. he is he's freaking huge and he just chucks the ball and it's terrifying <laughs> vanderbilt baseball is wonderful it's amazing and i'm so glad that it exists they really do be churning out some solid players not gonna lie i gotta show my love to lsu too honestly the sac the sec is just a powerhouse for sports that's not a new fact that's not a hot take that's a freezing cold like everybody knows so that is it for this week next week we will be taking apart the boston red sox um i'm super excited i can't wait to rip the red sox apart uh i can't wait to send it to all of my friends here who are red sox fans and i can say look at statistically your team also sucks so it's going to be exciting. I could probably ask someone to come on the show with me, but I just it just won't be the same because then they're going to try to defend it all, and oh, I no. don't want them to defend it. The numbers talk. No, you do, and then they're like, oh, no, they're not that bad, and you just say, you suck, you suck. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so you're still good even though you sold Mookie Betts, you got rid of David Price, and you replaced them with – Alex Verdugo, Chris Sale, not pitching this year. Andrew Benintendi forgets how to hit. Anyway, we'll get into that next week. I'm excited. It's always a good day when you get to make fun of the Red Sox. It's always a good time. But if you want to talk between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Lex Semanchek, L-E-X-S-E-M. A-N-C-H-I-K. Obviously, I know this is a very tense week, um, and I know baseball sometimes may be the farthest thing from our mind, um, but it might be a welcome excuse but or welcome escape. But anybody else in major cities, please stay safe for the upcoming 
few days. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but for the show, if you could like us, share us, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, whatever platform you're listening to us on, that would be awesome. It makes us feel good about ourselves. And this has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye. Bye.